This is Tony Ray, and you're listening to the We're Live Fancast. Welcome to episode number 25 of the We're Live Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Live patio drama. I'm Mr. Redbeard. I'm Mick. Today we're covering season 4, chapter 42, part 1, Chasing Ghosts. Subtitle of this episode is Unfinished Business. Oh, I didn't ever look see what the subtitle was. I'm glad you caught that. So did you take a look at that good old artwork? <laughs> I did. I don't know if that's just <laughs> it was just a straight up picture of a wall with the fancy yep. lighting on it or a drawing, well, could you tell? Those are floor tiles. Uh, floor tiles? Yeah. Oh, I might have to relook at that then. Look like floor tiles with duct tape pointing to blood. Well, then it was really weird, uh, really weird lighting if it was floor tiles. Like an examination light? A light laying on the ground, I would guess. Oh, yeah, it does look like floor tiles. I, I thought it was, yeah, drywall wouldn't be like that. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. With duct tape. All you need now is some visqueen. <laughs> That blood probably would have uh, been going down the wall if it was. I see. Yeah. And, it, and it's a definite drip, like a drop of blood that fell. Mm-hmm. You can see the. Yeah, I don't know the terminology I'm thinking of when an asteroid hits a celestial body. <laughs> we had a really busy uh, off week, huh? Yeah. We dropped a two-part conversation of uh, Chapter 41, Part 3 with Casey Wayland, who was so cool to come on and talk about his creation with us and not let us know way too much about it, just kind of clarify some things. Yeah, and gearing up for our release today of the interview with Tammy Klein. That's right. And uh, I can't wait to go back and listen to it again. It's, it's definitely a memorable interview. <laughs> <laughs> She's good. Classy lady. Let's see. Uh, also, if you didn't hear this last week, I released something from the Casey Wayland uh, chapter coverage that I was specifically told not to share with the audience, but I don't think that uh, I can really keep this from you guys. So, Let me reiterate <laughs> to every person who's ever asked me to do a musical episode, it's going to happen. You know what's coming next? The musical! Wow, that is great news, Casey. I don't know what changed your mind. I mean, we're all so excited. What what chapter are you guys going to do? 36. Cool. So, why chapter 36, uh, that finale, and not, you know, one of the other finales? Uh, season 3 finale is probably one of my favorite finales. Just the music cues, songs, what happens in it. Like, it's nonstop fast-paced action and songs and adventure the entire chapter. And I just, that's one of my favorite ones because also it's the reunion chapter and songs are sung. It's, I don't, there's not a lot of heartbreak in it. And it's it's just a lot of really good songs. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah, so you guys, you know, I heard it here. Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I hope y'all all appreciate that joke, of course. Uh, so and one of the one of the listeners has also wrote her own song for a musical episode, and if you guys want to go hear that, uh, go out and find our Facebook page and uh, give it a listen. Yeah, good job with that, Deanna. That was 
That was really Fantastic. good. Fantastic. Thoughtful songwriting, too. It's a pretty long song for just off the cuff. It's, the lyrics in it are really well done. I mean, it, it definitely spoke to the latest episodes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny, too, I think. Yeah, she's great. Okay, uh, this is not really a correction for us in this corrections piece here. You didn't have any of those, did you? No. I've got one here. It's from Eric I may Williams. may have missed him. At Funky Dung. And he's, this let us know that the narrative says it's Tagalog whenever, and this is whenever uh, Datu was kind of off saying a prayer. He said, but his, but his memory is it's Latin for in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that was whenever, I guess, Datu was doing the sign of the cross or something. Something like that. Ha. So, nice catch there, Eric. And we've got four new iTunes reviews. Holy cow. I know, these are amazing. All five-star, thank you. Uh, first one is, it says, Do work, McRed. You guys have a great thing going on. I love the lack of profanity and down-to-earth approach. Keep it up. I, ref- I refresh constantly in anticipation. And <laughs> that meant a lot to me, because I've got some podcasts that I listen to that I really like, and I'm telling you, I check those things every day. And even one of one that I listened to a couple years ago, or last year, they ended the show. But, uh, you know, maybe once a week, once every couple weeks, I still go back and refresh it, just to see. <laughs> and actually, they did. They've released two things in, in the last couple months, so I was really excited about that. That's really cool. I do the same thing with the podcast I listen to as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, and that was from Big Teddy Bo, if I didn't say that. Next one's from Chuba Killer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I have to look it up, but it's pretty funny. He said, you should have started back in season one and just simply says, I enjoy your show. Thanks, Chuba Killer. I wish we would have started way back then. Yeah, me too. It's, this is a lot of fun. Uh, next one is by Guy 123 It says, Great show in the subject, and he says, I have to say you guys are downright funny. Wish you guys had been around longer. Great show. Thanks, man. Now uh, you can look forward to us doing forced comedy <laughs> and really <laughs> terrible jokes because we think we're going we're gonna to think we're funny. But no, I, we really appreciate it. And the last one is from uh, Slaterific. He's got, <laughs> I think he's, he's got a picture of pizza, right? On Twitter, yeah, I think so. I actually recognize uh, this name as being shared by one of his other online presences. It says, Great Fancast Podcast. It says, This pod is a great companion to We Are Live. I enjoy that they record right after they listen to each episode. They might not get every detail correct. That's why they start off with corrections from the last episode. Looking forward to finishing the series with these guys, and you should too. Yeah, thanks, man. You really... I'm glad you... You know, you kind of catch that's what, kind of what we're doing. We're not the gurus or experts when it comes to We're Live, but we just we like talking about it. And we were kind of doing it anyways, so we thought we would record it and share it. It's all in good fun. We know we're not right half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and just so you know, we can hear it when you shout at the iPod or whatever you're listening to. Who uses an iPod? Probably <laughs> a few people, but uh, whenever you're wow. shouting at the iPod, we can hear that. Please, please edit that part out. <laughs> Ostracize a whole community of people out there. I, have. I was actually listening to. I was saying that because they were, you know, the seven years of the iPhone recently. 
They, oh, really? Yeah, and they said all the things that the iPhones killed, and one of the things on there was iPod. So that's why I said that. Kill one of its own products. That's pretty funny. But actually, I remember people saying that they use an iPod. I know for sure a few different people, Adam included, and somebody else on Facebook uses an iPod. But um, what is going to be the next iPhone killer? <laughs> yeah, our next segment, <laughs> predicting the iPhone killer. Hey, you guys rock. I don't know what to say except that I'm just, I'm humbled and I really appreciate that everybody went out and took time to go to iTunes and do that for us. It really makes it worth our while to do any of this. I mean, we're probably going to do it anyways because it's fun, but it's cool knowing other people enjoy it. Yeah, to actually know that we're not just talking to air, which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so... We got a little bit of news. I just want to go ahead and throw this out there and try to get some ideas back and forth. But we're trying to come up with ways to raise money for our trip to go to the series finale in L.A. That is going to be later on during the summer. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that we came up with was I do I do web hosting when web design stuff, and I thought about offering like on Indiegogo as a uh, as a perk doing $150 websites for a one-time charge that would include the website, the domain, and basic theming. And then from there on out, it'd only be $40 a year. But beyond that, we haven't really come up with anything except for the possibility of if somebody wants to pay some insane rate, uh, we would do a dedicated podcast but that's just an idea. So if you guys have any ideas, please send them in. Yeah, we'd really appreciate that. You came up with a lot other, a lot of other uh, good perks, but I guess we'll have to figure out exactly what those look like. Yeah, we're still ironing out some of the details. We want to make it worth people's while to actually donate. And for fans of We're Alive, I'm going to try to get hold of some memorabilia and things that I can give away. Right, like we can but, get t-shirts and things like that. Right, right. And if if for and while we're out there, maybe I can get some of this stuff autographed um by some of the cast members. But we'll we'll see. Nothing's set in stone. I just that's something I would like to be able to do. That's right. And I guess you can look for more information as we put that Indiegogo together. But any uh, any ideas you got, send them to we're alive at mcred.com. Alright, that's our McRed Network introduction. You ready to move on to scene by scene coverage? Yes, and we're about to spoil the crap out of this episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, what are you doing? Go do that now. <laughs> That's right. You definitely don't want to hear us talk about it, or we won't do it justice. You need to go listen to it. <laughs> so our first scene, we got Vic, Michael, Datu, and Max for sure at the pump site. Yeah. So they're still working on this thing. You could Datu's showing all sorts of frustration because it's not working. Hey, they got enough. They got water though. You know, enough for a cup of coffee. A little bit, but it sounded like something else <laughs> fell. <laughs> and Vic seems to be the voice of reason, and he he's able to calm Datu down, and kind of tells Datu, you know, you need to make it simpler. You know, don't make it so complicated. We can figure out the other stuff as we go later. But if they have nothing, you know, basically, they're going to fail. So, and Datu takes this advice and runs with it. And he's talking about 
putting a smaller diameter pipe going down the existing pipe. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something you and I have discussed before. Hmm. Is it? Do you, yeah, yeah. I don't Because remember. it's such a huge draw coming out of that large uh, diameter pipe. Yeah, I think I, I think I kind of remember that now. And I think it, in one of the episodes we talked about a, uh, you know, they make low draw uh, pumps that usually go to a gravity fed tank. Does that sound familiar? We may have talked about this off air. I don't know. But yeah, I, so it's really cool getting to see this happen at this point. So Vic saying, leave out all the electronics and all this other stuff. Just make it work. Mm-hmm. Real simple. And. The next thing that comes up was Michael complimented Vic on this. Yeah. So things are starting to become better between the two of them. He did He did give him some praise there, you know, getting that to working again. And I like to see what, what Victor did there as well. Yeah. But the you know general gist is that uh, Datu wants a windmill that works wind or not, uh, but doesn't have enough power for it. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So they're just going to have to go back to the general windmill type power source yeah. is what it sounds like. Now that they're going with a a smaller diameter pipe going down the large diameter pipe, mm-hmm. if they have time, they can run another small diameter pipe and do a low, draw, a low draw pump to feed that water to a holding tank that would be gravity fed to wherever it needs to go. Cool. Which So it, it still leaves a lot of options and to me, you don't have one single point of failure if you do that. So I think it's a better idea. Sounds good. About this time, we get a call from uh, Michael's team, you know, Carl, Muldoon, Robbins, and Puck. And they, I guess they were supposed to call earlier on, but they called as they were showing up at the uh, pump site. <laughs> we find out that there's n- nothing was found at Ink's house. And Puck wants to investigate the jail. There's a small little conflict between Puck and Vic. But Michael says it's Puck's way of letting Vic into the circle. <laughs> yeah, Vic, uh, Puck was pretty freaking raw. Yeah, I was like, wow, man. <laughs> it was going so well there with Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, we found out that it, that's just him giving him the same banter as he do, does the, the rest of the soldiers. I began to think that maybe Victor put Puck in danger, but... Or that Puck just, you know, feels like the military guys are his family. And since Victor put them all in danger, he was just kind of being protective over them and not really wanting to take anything from Victor. But uh, I don't know. I think I think at this point, Puck sees the, the work that Vic's putting in over there and shows that he is sincere about, you know, yeah, I messed up. It won't happen again. Yeah, I was, I was going to take Michael's word for it that he's just kind of letting them in. So I was like, okay. And, you know, I made a note at this point because this is like my first time through take. And it, it, I said it was good to see Michael and Vic getting along. Mm-hmm. That was huge. That is. So. And you know what? Yeah. Um, we're probably going to see a lot more of them working together. Uh, sadly, yes. But, uh, I'll talk about. I guess I may not come back to it, but I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think we will, because I think that's kind of a talking point. But Right. So we almost changed scenes. Uh, it's Datu's really excited, and it's good to see him in kind of a race spirits about Puck showing interest in the Mata gun. 
and in light of everything else, this is really cool. Uh, it, like I like to see Datu in this kind of excited little boy type mentality going on. Right. We hope it's not the last it's one of the last times either. I don't think. I still don't think Datsu's going anywhere. Yep. I'm, I, I hope not. And Puck shot the Monogun. And, and, you know, I know it's a limited capacity. You know, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of work that could be done to it to improve it. But it's always exciting hearing that thing go off. The, the sound for it's always really cool. And hearing them all get excited about it was just equally just incredible. It is. That little five to ten second exchange when they when they fired it. And then the soldiers reacted to it. May have been one of my most favorite, uh, just you know, great moments of the series, definitely of this season, of just you know, <laughs> it was just a bunch of guys going, "Wow, that was freaking cool." <laughs> Let me get a shot. Let me do this. Uh, forget the well, you know. Have to make more of these things. Did you ever watch uh, Junkyard Wars? No, I know what it is though. It's a oh, that's an incredible show. Well, at least until they brought it to the U.S. and then they killed it here. <laughs> but uh, Datu always reminds me of that show. <laughs> He's able to do so much with so little. Those kind of guys would be sought after in this type of environment for sure. Oh yeah. Puck asked Vic if he was coming on the mission to the jail. So I was like, okay, Mike was right. It, it it was just a little banter to make sure, you know, make Vic feel like he's included. Yeah. Hey, let's go back to the Matagun real quick. Okay. What's up? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> we got a couple, lot, little bit more information uh, about this thing. But we, they said oh, ag- yeah. what is they said again that you got seven shots in the, with the Matagun. Range is like 10 to 15 feet, so you got to get really close to these uh, Uber. Does anybody say Uber anymore? Hyper <laughs> dangerous Mick things. Does. He does? Awesome. Yeah, Mick does. Who? Mick. I thought he said Vic. I was like, I don't remember Vic saying that. <laughs> never heard Vic say Uber. I haven't said Uber since, since like 2005, I don't think. But, uh, <laughs> but anyways, it's we got to go way too close to these things. That but is still, scary. It's amazing what it can do. But also, could you imagine being 10 feet in front of a behemoth? Mm, don't want to. Like Hulk smash. <laughs> <laughs> and then Puck kind of throws out, throws out some more st- stats out there, saying it's a little heavy, you know, but not bad. A couple more pounds in the saw, which I looked up because I don't remember this. I, rem- I remember <laughs> I remember it being heavy, like thinking about having to carry it on a long hike. But this thing is 17 pounds empty and 22 pounds loaded. I had to look it up. But... And I imagine he's probably saying twenty. He's probably referencing the loaded version because they're out here doing stuff. They wouldn't be dealing with a whole lot of empty saws. See, I never carried one of those. I mean, I've shot them plenty of times, but I was never assigned one. Oh, I was always hoping I would never be assigned one. <laughs> well, I always had. Well, I mean, it was like shotgun, M16, or pistol. Mm-hmm. It was never anything really cool. Yeah, we had four man squads, and every one person in the squad always had a saw. And the, but the saw is a uh, squad automatic weapon. It's just a, a little machine gun, like just like it says for a squad, and uh, it's also called the M249. But we may not put that in there because it doesn't really have any bearing on this. It's just it was mentioned just for the weight. Yeah. Oh, oh, one more thing about it. 
I for some reason so the 50 cal is stronger. It's still stronger than the Matagun. But I guess since the Matagun is more portable, you'd be able to get this in the places that you might encounter these types of uh creatures. Hmm. Did you think did you think about that? Cause, but at first I was like, wait a second, I thought this was gonna be like the strongest thing you had, but but I guess the fifty cal can still take them out. The they can take out the little ones, but it cannot take out a behemoth okay. as easily. It's okay. That's what I've surmised from it. I don't know. Okay, cool. And you know, if we're wrong, definitely let us know, guys. Thanks. Cool. I I'm glad you brought that up because I that's that's kind of cool getting to know how much this thing approximately weighs and uh, yeah I I didn't even think about that that gives you a, so it probably weighs about twenty pounds oh at least uh, I'm guessing probably closer to twenty five pounds since twenty two loaded that's what the saw is okay cool and one more thing since uh, we're going this direction talking about the the little ones. Victor, you know, he mentioned there shouldn't be that many left. And Michael said, oh, you know, Victor also mentioned there's the highest I've seen is 12. And what are like eight of those dead? So uh, Michael mentions here, and, and it's scary for me imagining these guys in this situation. Michael's like, well, you know, there could be more than 12. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, it's, uh, did he talk about it right here? Oh, yeah, he did. So whatever that means. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much stock we can put into it, but I don't know, but that's really cool. I hope it's just 12. It'd be like a whole continent of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys. We did it. All of a sudden, like, a, over the hill comes it'd, it'd be like War War Z. <laughs> yeah, but little ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they basically acted like. Yeah. Kind of. They're easier to take down, but... Let's see, Puck... So, Puck asked Vic if he was coming on the mission to the jail. Michael basically says, no, you got something to do here. And Michael's team leaves to go investigate the jail. But it was really cool to see Puck being okay with Vic going on missions with him, so... It seemed like it took the your mom joke for... uh, Victor to be a little bit, you know, accepted by Puck, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it helped. It definitely helped. And Puck seemed a little bit like he was going to be disappointed that Vic didn't come after that, because he sounded like, hey, you know, come on, Vic, you're coming. I gave you some crap earlier, but, you know, we're really cool. we got to be together and live together anyways. Yeah. So, glad to see that happen, because I'm tired of Vic being in the doghouse for something we really didn't know anything about forever. <laughs> <laughs> So, at this point, the guitar cues up well, with the piano riff short, falling short behind. Yeah, and uh, Michael, you know, he's telling Puck as he's leaving, hey, make sure uh take your time and no risks. And Puck replies back, done and done. This is, this is a little kind of joke. I don't know. But basically, this week, I was trying to work with Casey and... Uh, we're live community on the wiki page and Casey gave me some guidance, whatever for something. And I wrote back done and done. And then dot, dot, dot after that was like, who says that? (laughs) Just, you know, joking like I done and done. And I was like, then I thought to myself, who says that? So I typed it out and he wrote back, uh, me. 
<laughs> yeah, like, I don't think it's the first time that he said that. No, I don't think so either. But that's great. <laughs> I was like, who said that? Not uh, four or five days later, the next we're alive. He says done and done. So that stuck out to me. Did you mess up something in the wiki? No. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you're getting a stern talking to. Oh no no no! I was I was <laughs> asking him uh, what he, if he wanted this or that, you know. Oh okay. And let's see. You know, Max has asked twice if he wants to get off the turret, and he says that he kind of likes it now. So this might become his job. But I also thought, since Victor asked him, asked him the second time if, it, if you know if he could take over, I thought maybe Max is somehow thinking a little bit like, no man, uh, you were on lookout last time that thing went bad, so I'll, I'll, I'm fine. Yeah, but Max has never really been out of the colony that much. He's been... He's been over there manning the radios for quite a while and doing security work at the colony. I don't know how much he's actually interacted with Vic or the soldiers outside of the colony. Yeah, I just thought that would be a, a funny thing if Max was like, "No, I'm, I'm good, man. I've heard, I've heard rumors about what happened." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think Max is thinking that's his best position to remain safe. Yeah. He's, it's probably scared of Datu. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that guitar piano play around thirteen forty, like you said, it it gives a scene that's something extra. I don't know what it is. I I couldn't tell if it was like minor chords bringing it down or what was it, but I really liked it. I really liked it too. It was kind of like a bluesy riff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if anybody out there that listens to our our show. Is any any good at playing guitar and plays something in this kind of style? We would love to hear it and possibly use it on one of our other shows. Yes, we are looking for something like that um, to use for another one. So if you if so, you could get back to us, we'd love it. Shameless plug there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Shortly after the music starts to tone out to, it goes from well, it goes from guitar and it, then it blends into piano playing, and Kelly, it's about this time that Kelly's calling Michael on the radio, and I'll go ahead and specify the police radio. Oh, so Bert is on the radio with Kelly, and Bert is with Kelly, Riley, Lizzie, Tanya, Saul, and Saul at Dunbar. So we we find out Riley is alive, so that's awesome, and I'm sticking to that word awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the the emotions are really high right now, and Scratch is not dead. Nope. No, there's so, no way Scratch is dead. No, we we know that conflict isn't over. At this time, Michael heads to a safe house. Michael, when okay, when Michael's on the phone with Kelly, he's told told to go to one of the safe houses so they can get on a landline because they're worried about someone overhearing conversation. I figured it would have been they're worried about CJ hearing the conversation when that's not the case at all. Right. Bert's really paranoid saying that the police radios aren't safe. My immediate thought with that is is Bert compromised? I I seriously, seriously doubt it. But it was just a thought. Okay. Uh, (laughs) 
let me. I'm trying to get this straight in my mind. So, you're you're saying part of you thinks maybe Bert could be a traitor, and I'm worried for your life if you would say that. No, I don't think Bert's a traitor. I would think that they had something over on his head, you know. But it it didn't really make any sense. It doesn't pan out because Riley's at the at Dunbar with him. So. My, but I don't know why he's not trusting the crypto on the police radios. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless he knows something that he hasn't told us yet. I just found it a little odd that he didn't trust the crypto and wanted to rely on a landline. I found it a little odd that Michael packed up the crew and went to the safe house whenever Datu's in limited time and they need water. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I had a problem with that too. But and since, I thought that was all a little strange. Yeah, but. since it was kind of said that a little bit maybe that he was told to go there. I'm not sure, but yeah, Dotsu's gonna be fine. But yeah, he'll, so he's gonna be fine. Michael's at the safe safe house with Dotsu and Max and Vic. I assume all of them are there. Uh, uh, we know Dotsu's there. So at, at Dunbar, like we said, with Bert, Kelly, Riley, Lizzie, Tanya, and Saul, they're all on their landline together, and then they bridge CJ into the call. So I know. This is not to keep whatever said out of CJ's ear, which so this whole thing seemed really weird to me. So Bert and Riley are saying they're not done yet. Scratch is still alive. Zombies are sparse. They haven't seen a whole lot. They haven't right. had to fight them off too much. And Bert only had one page of notes, which also flipped my switch in my head a little bit more, saying, what is going on here? He never was the wanting to take the notes and do the journal thing. Nah, yeah, I get it, but I figured he would have had more information to talk about. Before we get too far from all this, Bert and Riley aren't showering together, are they? <laughs> no, they said showers, plural. Okay. I think. I don't know. They, uh, no, no way. <laughs> no, like... no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, surely not. It, the tension's starting to rise. You know, Bert's... He's wanting information, and he wants to get out of there and go back to doing what he was doing. And I'm not sure who said it. Like, all you know, saying something about all we have done, and you're out there running around. Mm. Was it Michael? I don't know. I don't. Or Kelly. It was. I can't remember. I I, I spaced yeah, I have, on right the, the name, but it's they're immediately interrupted by CJ, who says. All of them outside of the uh, the colony have been chasing ghosts. And I went, what? He, he used it, it in there. <laughs> he said it. There it is. So this one drove me crazy. I mean, while CJ may have some points, I think it's important for people to be out there playing these various roles. And she minimized everyone outside the colony, and it threw that phone call into chaos. <laughs> So, I'm not sure what to think about that, but uh, I wasn't extremely happy with this almighty leader, CJ. And when I think about her in the context of she's supposed to be this very strategic, forward-thinking person, and it can plan for every situation, why would she do this unless it were to turn everybody on each other? Uh, I don't know. It, in her not world, that's always been in the her case. world, if she thinks that's what's really happening and they're taking away from the colony, then she has to say that at some point. And at least she's got them all there, not in one room because she can't get them in all one room. 
Right. But, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I, you know, she was, she should be behind a, a couple of these missions some of the time, maybe not the entire time, but. Right. Oh, no, I agree. I, I think that's a, that's a very valid standpoint to come from too, or come from. And, um, but I also think that it was for the story. We needed, we're trying to, we needed to get to this point, and I've already used this with, with Datu's possible death being the thing that unites everybody together. And just as soon as we go through other things, we had to get in this point where everybody's fighting for the next thing to happen. Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, that's cool. So, in about this time, we start hearing the page come through, and Kelly. Yell shut up. <laughs> Which I loved. I, I did too. Perfect. I was done hearing it by that point too, so it was great timing. And we hear Puck on the radio, and it sounds like he may be injured and is calling for help. We you know, he's at the jail and he says that everyone is dead. Now, did you catch that Saul is gonna go on this mission to get Puck? Totally. Saul was ready to go. He's ready to leave, is what it sounded like to me. I'm just he hoping... Said, we don't need one, let's go. Whenever Tanya said they didn't have an escort. And Bert said, a what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and he knew about those. Remember, he, he that was the whole thing when they first left, was we can't go outside the walls without an escort or a gun truck. Mm -hmm. Bert and, was like, I hadn't had an escort. Yeah. <laughs> just fine. But I'm hoping that Puck doesn't know for sure about all the people. That's what I'm hoping. You know, the when you watch these, these movies and people die, but you don't see a body, and they come back, well, it's just like, come on, you got to see a body or they're not dead. Uh, that's, I'm too optimistic, but you know, it feels like they're dead. It does. And the one that, and I, I guess because we've interacted with, with him and the actor that portrays him, but... Man, the one that really gets me is Robbins. I'm like, right. he's part of that whole dynamic that kind of releases tension every every now and then. Makes it so much fun. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's this this the end of this one. I had uh, probably the biggest reaction because whenever Datu was bit, we didn't know for sure. I kind of thought he was unscathed, you know, at that point. So I didn't have it. But this re. The end of this episode gave me the most uh, emotional reaction. Like, I actually got goosebumps, I think. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, no. I, I did everything I could to avoid Facebook and and Twitter today because I, I was late on getting to, to actually listen to it. It's a good thing. It almost got spoiled at one point, but I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> but, man. <laughs> it was really sad. Uh, and I'm kind of not letting myself get there because I have hope that that maybe they're still alive or at least one of them is. So oh, I just the chapter thirty-seven artwork just came into my mind with the soldier laying there with the rounds all around him. Oh yeah, I wonder if that is this. Casey's creative like that. <laughs> And it doesn't always mean something right away, or it holds many, many me uh, meanings. Right. Now, this is where we can talk about it. So, Vic's going to be part of this team. He and Saul are already close, so I guarantee you, once Saul has the 
ability to go out on missions, he's probably not going to let it go. He's probably going to continue to do these. Oh, yeah, he's going to be, you know, if, if all the military guys are gone except Puck and Michael, then he's going to, you know, he's got to be one of the ones that they need four or five deep. Yeah. So I'm sure we're going to have an episode soon where he and Lizzie are going to have it out. <laughs> Which is not something I'm looking forward to because I'm kind of beyond all that. I'm ready to get more into the the fights and uh, get you know find out some more information about where the zombies are and why they're there. Yeah, I just want to say that I really appreciated uh, the symmetry in this episode. And what I'm talking about oh, is... Oh, look at you, you and your fancy words. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm talking about here is Puck, you know, when he first hear him on the radio, he calls out to Michael first. You know, help Michael. And then just earlier in the same scene, they talked about how Bert had the firefight with the Maulers, and he heard the Mauler call out for Scratch as he bled out. I, just, I didn't even think about that. I, I, when I caught that, I was like, man, he's crafty. It's really good writing. Wow. There was another thing like that that I caught, but I can't remember what it is now. The chasing ghost thing seems really simple with this episode, but as Casey put it before, it, it will hold many meanings, and we'll probably see it throughout this chapter and probably into the next. Right, probably more, you know, maybe some more Randy. Uh Maybe some actual ghost zombies. No. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta bring the mood back up. This is that's what I thought when I listened to this. I was happy. I was excited. This episode was good, and then it ends so terrible. And I was like, I can't have another one of these sad recording sessions. <laughs> Talking yeah, about no. the show. <laughs> oh, but holy crap, mm. Casey! If you kill off Robbins. He may have done I'll it. continue to listen to this because I have no other choice. Right. I'm vested. Got to. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just going to direct message him bad stuff about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I began to wonder if he, if, he was, if he knew he was dead back when we talked to him. And it made me sad. Oh, definitely. You think so? Oh, yeah. <sighs> if nothing else, it, he's... He's fueling that fire just because he knows he can. <laughs> no, no, I know Casey knew that. I'm talking about if uh, Tony Ray knew that Robbins was dead back when we talked to him. Oh, no way. Casey's got, that. Casey's got episode 44 done and complete. Yeah, but most of the actors don't know anything. No, he, he's he got it. I think it's the production's complete, like ready for release. Yeah. But the actors don't know. How do they not know if they recorded it? But at the time we talked to him, he they weren't done with the recording. Right. What I'm saying is right now, before 42 came out, chapter 44 has been recorded, and Casey's already did all the editing on it, and it's ready for release. Oh, totally understand. I thought you were talking about Tony Ray. Right. I saw, I was wondering if Tony Ray had already read this, read for this piece, back when we talked to him. Oh... I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. You can cut all that part out, but yeah, it's just an interesting and sad thing to think about. Well, if if Robbins is truly, truly dead, then we're gonna get right, well, and the rest of this crew. We need to get them on for a kind of their take after being on We're Alive. 
Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Even for a 10-minute improv session, like just get in character and be in, you know, be in heaven or wherever you're going to be in the afterlife and just talk about what happened to give us... <laughs> <laughs> and break out into song. Blame blame each other. <laughs> right. And then sing so, about it. <laughs> so favorite line? Yeah, I've got two from uh Twitter. Chris W says his favorite is uh Bert said, Ah, oh, nothing nothing like a beep shower and shave. Well a trim. <laughs> and he says, Hey, the beard stays. <laughs> and then Adam says his favorite line is Victor Puck. I thought a soldier should know which end goes pow. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was. I've got I've got two. I've got the winner, which is Puck saying, forget the well. He didn't say forget. But forget the well. Have him make more of these things. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see it. I was so excited. I was thinking, man, he really likes it a lot. And the second one was, our, and I said this earlier, was after Tanya saying, we don't have an escort here. No gun trucks. Bert says, a what? I had to go back and listen to that like two or three times. It was so funny. I like those lines, but to me, a line didn't really cut it for this. I had more of a favorite scene, and that was Puck shooting the Mata gun. Yeah. Top, I mean, that whole scene, and Robin's going, uh, can I get one? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> What was the next one? Oh, yeah, Puck said the thing about forget the well, but... Yeah. Yeah, they went nuts for that thing. And then they go back and saw the damage it did. How about some ratings? Casey gave last week's... What did they give last week's? Like a 3.2? I think so. 3.2, 3.4, something like that. I can't remember for sure. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something bad to say about it. Okay, here's some here's some bad stuff I could say about it that I hear. Cliffhanger King. Hear, well, yeah, that's I can't take away from the the value of it on that. <laughs> <laughs> I can get mad about that. People are saying a lot of things about how this season's boring. Really? Yeah, like I was on the Facebook post or uh, the We're Live page tweet uh, posted <laughs> that you know there was a new show today and somebody said something about. This season's boring. Does anything happen? Which at first I thought was pretty rude. Was pretty rude to say, but look at that deserving mentality. <laughs> That's complete crap. Yeah, that is. That's a lot of work for a free podcast. Oh, so how's your show going? Whoa, Bazinga! <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know. I, if if it was actually something constructive, I might actually listen to it, but. That's just rude. Right. There's a lot going on in every episode. You just got to break it down. Yeah, there's... If if I had to pick something, it would be dragging things out. Well, we always talk about dragging things out. That's and But unfortunately, that's just the way the story has to be told. It's grown on me. Yeah. And that's the only thing I could think of as a, as a detriment. So I'd go 4.5. And what was being drug out to me was um, Bert not just coming out and saying things. When if, if people would just simply say things and not avoid them like they do in drama so much, it could be so quick and simple. But then we wouldn't have a show to listen to. It'd just be a re- reciting of facts. Uh, and the other thing would be the windmill. 
that's, that seems like that is getting drug out a little bit, but I don't mind it, honestly. I think it's okay. You know, I wasn't even going to give a rating, but after hearing that crap, I, I give this one a five. <laughs> it not, will always be a five. It's not just one of those either. There was a couple really? on Twitter as well as uh, Facebook. And I'm I'm not saying people go out there and talk, you know, to each other. Don't, don't go feeding that I would, because that's would, what they thrive on. Yeah. That's what trolls like that thrive on. I, I'm not even going <laughs> to acknowledge it beyond this. Yeah, but uh, you know, and a lot of people, and I, we do have some feedback that's less than, uh, less than exactly happy about the way the show is going, but at least they're, it's it's more constructive, and there's more things about why I didn't like this and why I didn't like that, or why I do this, you know, which is good. That's the that's the kind of stuff you want to see. Well, it'd be like when this thing goes to, the show gets made into something else or gets made into a, a movie or a comic book or something else that everybody's talking about. Be like, oh yeah, I used to listen to that. It was great. They'll never say anything negative about it because they want to be the little hipster on the scene. (laughs) I pictured, I pictured the last scene in comic form with all of them like arguing back and forth to each other. And within the background, you could see the phone with the little ring ring above it, you know, or the beep beep above it. And then Casey yell, or not Casey, uh, Kelly yelling in it and all the sharp, Comic balloon stuff, you know. Everybody, shut up. With and with going from three frames that are butted up against each other yeah, to going to four. Exactly, because they're in different places as well. Yeah. And then it opens up, and there's Puck, and he's laying there, kind of like in that Chapter Thirty Seven Balance of Power uh, artwork, where he's there's a soldier laying on the ground, and there's shells all around him. Him laying there, and just you know, Michael, I need need help. And, uh, That's a, and then the very end of it would be him laying there going, they're dead. You know, a real, a great picture of that. That's awesome. A real big splash page of Puck just going, they're all dead. And you got to wait till next month. Luckily, we only have to wait a week. That's so incredible. So if I could draw, I would totally do that. Go make that now. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> good on Gary's mud. <laughs> oh, man. So any of the sound effects stand out to you this time? I mean, beyond the Mata gun being incredible? <laughs> yeah, I still want that isolated outside of uh, an, an impact. I'd love oh, to yeah. that for our transitions and how it takes. Yeah, we need to do that. Um, I'll have to play around with that. It was amazing. I don't know. I love that. Uh, well, what else? The music we talked about, the guitar and the piano together at the end of the first uh, yeah, long scene. Yeah, it wasn't as rough is what uh, Casey described some of the other transitions they do. Right, it was really nice. I could tell, whenever whenever he said that, I could tell my second listen through towards the end but, you know, with the sampled stuff, if I'm listening for it I can tell and I could like when Riley came in and there was a door that was opened I mean, once if you're listening for it, you're going to hear, oh yeah, that was a, a door sound inserted and all that, but normally I'm yeah. in the theater of the mind and it's happening. That was the same door that I've heard on a yeah. Plymouth. Right. <laughs> and then the engine at one point. No, I don't know if we heard the engines. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> just messing around. I thought that was great. I, I didn't know that. that I, just that one scene from that when we did the review with Casey stood out. Right. But very cool. I've got one piece of the of news in the in the news section. 
No way. What is it? And it's it's not really news, but Otto Sturk, who voices Victor, he has some really amazing art on his site that I think you guys should check out. He tweeted a picture last week that was almost photorealistic. And then if you go look at his stuff on sturkstudio.com, and the link will be in the show notes, if you go check that out, uh, you'd be really impressed. And he, he's done some, some weird live-related stuff as well. Speaking of artwork, who was it you were talking to and you had the stick figures describing the scene? <laughs> that was Cameron Keys on, on Twitter. If you guys haven't seen that, go check it out. It's freaking great. Yeah, he has a few different uh, artwork, pieces of artwork for uh, We Are Live. It's great. Very cool. Question of the week. Yeah. Do you want to say it this time? Last week, Casey put out the question, if there is any place in the world that you would love the We're Alive story to be told, where would it be? <laughs> Did you? Let's, let's start off with you. Did you have an answer for this? Oh, we get to go with me? Yeah. Uh, I do have a place in mind, but somebody else said it as well. Uh, so Eric Williams and I shared the same one. He, he said... Somewhere Is that the one about Rome? The long, yeah, with the long history and evidence of previous fallen civilizations, perhaps Rome. I just, Very cool. I love all that, all that ruins, all those ruins and things like that, and I want to go visit them sometime. But I would, to see things happening there amongst all that stuff would be great. Can you use amongst like that? Who knows? <laughs> Somebody out there listening does. <laughs> Correct him, Deanna. Please. And Matt Sawyer, did you want to go ahead? Yeah, yeah, I want to go ahead and say mine too. Yeah. I, I kind of want mine to be the San Antonio, Houston, and Austin, like Texas cities, and see them kind of go back to the origin of the initial outbreak. Oh, yes. If they could because... actually have an Alamo at the Alamo, an Alamo battle at the Alamo. <laughs> yes. But that, oh, it's so tiny. But. It's the only thing in Texas that's small. And the reason I want it in Texas is because everything is better in Texas. (laughs) Adam knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, the zombie stuff at the Alamo doesn't work out. I was actually live streaming today, and I I was based out of a a restaurant called the Alamo, and it looked like the Alamo (laughs) on that zombie game. I had to move out of there. It It was pretty funny. Matt Sawyer said... Mr. Redbeard's beard. That's where he <laughs> wants to see it. Yes. The birds nested in there, battling it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and Aly- Alyssa Uringa says, L.A. Doe. <laughs> Honestly, I would be interested in Japan. Godzilla return. Godzilla! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Nothing. Holly on Twitter says, England, because... I'd recognize the places if some of the story was told there. And John Bendit said, I'd have to go with Ireland. Just imagine Pegs, Scratch, Kelly, Lizzie, and Riley with an Irish accent. And let's not forget CJ either. Um, yes. Yeah, an enthusiastic so, yes. As long as Riley keeps her French accent. That's cool, too. Yes. See, uh, Slaterific, the pizza guy. Yeah, thanks again for the review. Says, uh, I would like to see We're Alive in Hawaii. Kalani said the zombies were much more vicious than, than what? You have to go to the the tweet longer page. Sorry. 
says they were much more vicious than the ones on the mainland. Is there a reason for that? Maybe we go, we would get some more Kalani backstory too. <laughs> Very interesting. What the hell did this bring in? It's <laughs> picturing Eric Estrada. Oh no. <laughs> I saw him silhouetted on a t shirt the other day. And you knew it was him. Yes, I did. <laughs> that chips. hair. I used to love watching that show. <laughs> See, uh, Adam on Twitter says, for the question of the week, I want to know what's going on in New Brunswick, Canada. We usually get left out of post-apocalyptic stories. Hey, you know what? That'd be really cool. It would, but Adam... Uh, you know what Canada does best, though? What's Comedy. Comedy. Can't, yeah, they definitely have a bunch of good comedians out there. You're welcome, John Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks said that you'd want to go north because the zombies would freeze up there. So there wouldn't be a whole lot going on. They'd just be safe. Oh, it'd be great every winter. People drive around and, like, bashing frozen heads. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what they do in that story. If I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you might want to jump ahead 30 seconds. In the Zombie Survival Guide, one of the things they say, is like, you know, after... Oh, yeah. What's that? I, I just remember what you were talking about. And it might be... It was, it was talked about in War, War, uh, War War Z as well. In the movie? How? It, no, in the in the book. Right, how at the... Um, every winter, or, whatever, or every summer, they have to go and look out for new zombies because more and more thaw out. Just onesie-twosies after, you know, they beat back the zombie squir- scourge. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Do I have Deanna's? <laughs> yeah, you got okay, Deanna's. Thanks. And Deanna says, this is before she listened. Uh, she says he's not listened yet, uh, but she wanted to answer this one. I still think it. W- I would like it in the U.S., maybe Alaska. When I watch those shows, I always think they have a pretty good shot at making it through the zombie apocalypse. And I always knew the We're Alive, L- the We're Alive, the We're Alive L.A. seemed to have an extra tint of red. <laughs> <laughs> Very cryptic. Yeah. I'm wondering what that is. Is that like Red State? I don't know. Or Red Beard? Yes. I don't know. Very cool. Thanks again for your song. Yes, Deanna, you're awesome. We love you here. <laughs> Listener mail tweets and Facebook posts. And I'm going to run through the stuff from before today's show first. And I missed this a while back. <laughs> It was one of the New Year's resolutions for the characters. And uh, Elisa, Alyssa Yuranga said, uh, it should be pegs to get bit. Yes! <laughs> and she proceeded to tell me how much I loved pegs, and we were in a tree doing something and kissing, I guess. Yes. Uh, because I wouldn't mention that last time. Sorry about 100% that. 100% <laughs> true. Sing the song. Go ahead. <laughs> See, Michael Patterson, he says, great show, gentlemen. Thank you. First time he's called us names. So he called us names with uh, after episode 23. Well done with the cliffhanger. Can't wait for Monday. That's, uh, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't know episode 23, we <laughs> cut off Casey right before he mentioned the name of the new chapter. Yes. So I'm glad you and called Casey's us names. over there going, oh, my bad one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just wait till next chapter. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, uh, Bill on Twitter says this needs to be an anime. God, it's good. On the chapter fourteen, <laughs> it needs to be something visual. Oh, oh, it'd be great. See, uh, Chris on on Twitter says favorite quote from the show is Casey saying that Datu in the end is just an experiment pincushion. Yeah, that was the <laughs> quote from our last show. I think he's talking about. That was just an ex- just in a pincushion. Uh, John again, Turbo on the forum says. Also, I think there should be a new hashtag for Casey to use when people bring up the musical idea. Hashtag Casey flipping tables again. <laughs> <laughs> Casey actually re- replied to that one. Well, I don't know. He just he keeps refer- referring to Joss Whedon's philosophy. Only do it if it's canon. Don't try and musical everything. Do you remember what you said back to that? Yeah, not everything, just one. We yeah, you said, okay, cool, so just one, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jack on Twitter says, uh, checked out your show and I love it, playing catch-up now. Mm, and he spelled it catch-up, that was great. I know, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> See, uh, Kirsty Davenport on uh, Twitter says, really enjoyed your your last fan cast. I particularly enjoyed the... The guess the chapter game and your discussion about cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yes, that was an interesting summer. Mm-hmm. And last show, Casey talked about doing a live stream after watching The Walking Dead. And I thought, I thought it would be better if he would read the source material first. And then he said he might give that a try. But I, I would love to cover Walking Dead with him like after every six issues. Just kind of check in and see what his thoughts are on it and how it applies to We Are Live. I thought of another one tonight, which I won't mention because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Well, if Casey decides he is going to read the the uh, comics, then I will read them at the same time <laughs> so that I can be on the same page with them. Yeah, that would... Given I've already watched the show, I didn't really have to tame it back and make sure I didn't spoil anything. Right, and not like he would need us to do it with him, but... I'd be That'd thrilled. Be fun. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Neil Dudley, he tweeted, a great show this week. I loved hearing Waylon Prod's thoughts. Winky face, absolutely. It was really cool to have him on. See, Eric Williams, Funky Dunk. I'm still waiting for my Skittles is eat. Sorry. Tin foil <laughs> theory to be confirmed in an episode. <laughs> this is from uh, Frankie Barra. He, Frankie Barra, I guess. He says that he's a... Uh, the email reads, I am a latecomer to the party, and subject is turning. So pardon me if this has been discussed before. One of the things I find fascinating about the We Are Live podcast is the different zombies. So I started wondering just what makes the difference on what type of zombie one would end up like. Since we don't know what type or quite what drugs are used or what conditions are required either, I figured I would throw out uh, for consideration just body types. <laughs> oh... I hadn't read that last sentence when prepping for this email. <laughs> he said, would Kelly end up a behemoth? Robbins probably would. <laughs> what about CJ? I bet she would be a jumper. I don't know if that's dark comedy <laughs> or not. But I applaud you. Uh, Hope would probably turn into a runner. Uh, keep up the cool work, you guys. I love your banter. <laughs> so, you know, I got a, I got a few comments about this. Yeah. Um, I remember Thanks, early on, I thought that the little ones were created by 
the zombies are mainly ink. Mm -hmm. Um, The intelligent zombies are just intelligent because they were really intelligent in life. And the behemoths were also created. Then you got your run-of-the-mill zombies that are just zombies. But that's one of the things that drew me into this this, uh, audio drama is because it is so much different. And there's a diversity and it's not a lot of stereotypical, I saw that coming a mile away kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Would Kelly be a behemoth? No, no. She'd be the one that called, that sends the call out. Be a special one that would be extremely loud. <laughs> <laughs> After today's episode. And yeah, and just in case you didn't know, she would be right. Yes. <laughs> I think CJ would be a smart one. Oh, yeah, definitely. And let's see. Would she be a one-legged zombie, or... Would it regenerate? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? She would take someone else's leg and make it her own. Might. She might. If No telling what Ink can do if he makes those Frankenstein little ones. Ugh. All right. Oof. Thank you, Frank. So, Mike from Winnipeg. We got an email from him. Hey, guys, this could be the saddest chapter to date. If we are to believe that the great Tony... Man Muscles is gone. I can't wait to hear the rest, and I hope that somehow the guys Muldoon, Carl, and Robbins make it. If they don't, there goes any comic relief for the rest of the story. I guess it's about to get real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what we're thinking, too. Uh, as to the question of the week, I would love to hear about the Philippines and maybe hear about Datu's kids and his parents because I don't know if we'll ever get any resolution to that once Datu is gone. Hey, you know, I, I would like to hear that backstory. That a little would bit. be great. How about how about the story is like Datu's oldest son is just like Datu, like you know, a tip off the old block, and he's just that making, would be making really things cool. happen over there. Or the Philippines are just sheltered; they have no clue. <laughs> Like, why is the rest of the world just all of a sudden dark? We don't hear anything. Yeah, you know what? That would be an interesting take. I want one country to be completely unscathed and not really have a clue as to what's going on outside the country. They just know they can't go anywhere. Yeah, that'd be good. Till the zombies come out of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) That's soggy zombies. Nothing worse. Like my zombies nice and crunchy. Oh, uh, let's see. Mike from Winnipeg uh, also got us on Twitter and said, not Robbins, Carl, maybe. Peg's definitely not Robbins. <laughs> that was a great reading of it as well. Hey, Tony Ray just tweeted uh, back to us from from Michael Patterson. LOL, tis a sad day, dot, dot, dot. Hopefully the rest of that dot, dot, dot ends with, but I made it. You know why it took so long for him to reply? He had to get his reply approved by Casey. Yes, he's like, does this say too much about me hearing? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let us know for sure, Tony. And then Casey said, that works. Tony said, done and done. (laughs) All right, next one's from Clem on Facebook. Hey, Team WA fans. For me, number 42-1 was kind of odd. In bits and pieces, we seem to learn more and more about what has gone wrong between Bro Victor and them soldiers. And it seems to be a lucky coincidence that due to Michael's decision, Victor was saved from what happened to Puck's team. 
Now, two questions about this. What's going on between Victor and the soldiers and or Michael? And what the big foxtrot has happened to Puck and his team? But these are the obvious questions. What bugs me a lot are these questions. Number one, did any of you understand anything from this radio conference gone crazy? What's with all the survivors? Is this some kind of first signs of deterioration of the survivors group or a hint towards stress? Okay, you want to address that one first? We had yeah. Lizzie and Riley fighting about Riley tired of seeing Lizzie and uh, Saul so happy. <laughs> uh, Bert and Tanya bickering over why didn't he call? <laughs> yeah. Michael and CJ saying I'm, I'm not Michael saying I'm not chasing ghosts. This is important basically. I think I'm not really sure exactly. Kelly That's... was fighting it with somebody. I'm sure. Well, yeah, if you just got told that you know, what you're doing is less important than you doing laundry work back at the colony. I think I'd be kind of pissed too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number two, uh, and what is what is it that Bert was not really willing to say or capable of expressing? And that's where my confusion was. Not only that, but why did it have to be on a landline and not the encrypted radio sets? I don't know. It's just... I thought that was really weird. Did you have any guesses to that? Honestly, that thought never entered my mind that I just thought that, hey, Bert's afraid of the radio thing because of things that have happened before. Yeah, so. I uh, I don't know. Maybe he knows he lost the radio somewhere back. And I don't know. It oh. doesn't make as much sense. But let's see. And... Clem ends by saying, I am so glad that Riley is with us. Us too. Yes, big time. Here again. Yep. She's second on my favorite list of characters in the show. Mm -hmm. I think this next guy's name is Chris, just to help you out. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured too. Chris Combatant on Facebook says, uh, this is exactly the kind of people we needed six episodes ago. I get a little put off when the author uses delaying tactics and filler rather than pushing the story forward. Hopefully someone more skilled with audio programs than I can than I can isolate individual voices and dig out useful information. This is something I have not done yet, but I plan to tinker around with it, but I think we got the gist of what all was said. Yeah. Uh, I think was, I think Mick, you're pretty spot on with what you put out there. It was pretty just generic bickering that I don't think really meant or added up to a whole lot. Honestly. But uh so I guess maybe part of what I was saying earlier relates to Chris about the frustration with delay tactics and mm -hmm. the story not going forward. Yeah, but he didn't do it in a no. He yeah, this way. it was a very yeah. I don't think this was like what you were saying about what the other people were saying. This is cool. I appreciate, and I would like I I've reached out to some guys that have made some pretty, you know, what sounded just rude things about, you know, we're lives terrible this year. And somebody said it went full Dexter and I haven't seen the whole thing of Dexter. So I don't know what that means, except that I think he's saying it's bad. Let me go ahead and give you a spoiler then. No, I'm just <laughs> no. <laughs> turn my computer off. So, Hey Chris, I hope you made it to this point, but this is not what I was talking about. Right. But even, even when people do have bad things to say about it, 
I, I would like to hear, especially when they have strong opinions about they don't think it's good. What do what don't you think is good about it? We we, we want to hear every side of it. I mean, I get frustrated with the delays of information and or this piece is not going to be answered right now. We're going to do that later. Yeah, you know, but that's part of the entertainment to it, too. Right, that's why we're talking about it, probably. So, <laughs> Alyssa Uringas on Facebook puts, uh, she writes, uh, a lot of buildup and filler, not a lot of action except for, except the cliffhanger. Good to hear everyone reunited on the call, though. Yep. That was good. They got them all together. Yeah. Let's see. Holly, she she uh, rapid-fired a bunch of tweets. I, I kind of put them all together, so if it sounds a little off, that's why. Wow, what an episode. I have to say I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought they'd find a lead at Inky's house, but maybe that's his plan, to lead them uh, somewhere unprepared. Either way, they are weakened now a lot by uh, giving the zombies and the maulers an advantage over them. And we don't know yet if they found any leads or if it was just a slaughter. That's right, and I meant to mention earlier that we didn't ever talk about if we thought this was an attack by zombies or maulers on Puck's group. Hmm, that's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Because uh, I'm thinking... I'm thinking it had to be the zombies, though. We got that 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 part of the story's got to progress as well, too. But dang, mm-hmm. I don't know like if... another Randy style attack, and you know, did he bite Puck too? And I figured they just want to get far away from this situation as possible. I mean, I don't know why you would keep wasting time trying to attack the colony after you've lost so many people. It just it just doesn't seem worth it. I know, but I don't think. That scratch is going reasonable. She's out for that revenge. It's the apocalypse. You're going to get bored. What else is there (laughs) to do? (laughs) Yeah, don't go to the Philippines that's been unscathed. Just (laughs) come on now. (laughs) Relax. So, good old Adam. uh, Looks like Vic and Michael have some bonding time over the RFHOM. What is that? Really freaking heavy omatic. That Mulder said right a while back. <laughs> Arfong. I like stuff. that. Me too. I totally forgot about that. Space on. I was like, what is he talking about? I was trying to come up with some other acronym about the mission that they're about to go. <laughs> David Wilson on Facebook writes, "Let's have a moment of sp- can't even talk straight now. Let's have a moment of silence for Specialist Anthony Robbins, Private Carl Thomas, and Warrant Officer Greg Muldoon." We didn't get we didn't get to even say goodbye. This leaves Pegs as the only helicopter pilot left. I wonder what was special about the jail that led to this catastrophe. Yeah. Oh, I'm not speechless. That's a big load of crap. What? I didn't even think about Pegs being the only helicopter pilot left. I did. I did not <laughs> want there to be a reason for her to exist. Oh yeah, she's Which, super crazy important now. I mean, Carl, helicopter pilot. Carl's dead for sure. I'm not even. Gonna, uh, Carl was a red shirt from the word go. Oh yeah. So Robbins and Muldoon have got to still be alive in order to make this happen. What make us laugh here and there? No. To leave freaking Pegs out of the equation. No, no. Pegs is way too important. Holy crap. No, no. I. 
don't even kill her off. Just let her stay there and tend to her cats and gardens. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Who's Davidson? Uh, it was a. <sighs> I think he just ruined his day. Just destroyed it. <laughs> well, I hope you like your shout out that you got. Who? To Haventon. Oh. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Tame is fine. Give me a shout out. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that'll bring your day back up to level. Yes, after that good hey, but terrible man. stuff. Really got down to the meat and potatoes of that. We did. We did. That's a lot of really good feedback that helped us kind of flesh out some more things in the show that we forgot to talk about. Man. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Peace out. All seriousness, great episode. Even if it is another cliffhanger. But there's no lack of information in episodes. No, that was really good stuff. Thanks again for listening to us, and then also listening to all the good stuff that you guys had to share with us. So, yeah. <laughs> and be sure to check out our website at www.mcred.com. Uh, there are links to Facebook and Twitter underneath the Whirla Fancast. Uh, check out some of the other material that's out there as well. Be sure to send in your ideas for fundraisers. We want to try and make this as worthwhile for the fans as possible if we're going to be supported. Oh, man. Otherwise, we wouldn't even try to do this. I'd love to do an instant take podcast right after we listen to it. Of course, we can't release it until uh, about two weeks later whenever the show is actually released. No, but we'll have... Consumption. We'll do we'll do a podcast in the vehicle on the way to LA and we will do another podcast just talking about how awesome and exciting it was on the way back. Mm-hmm. And might even be able to meet up with a lot of you guys and you know, kind of just round table it. That'd be a lot of fun too. Here's another one that we could throw out there. What's that? We could do a Google Hangout from the series finale event. Hmm. Do it over my phone. And you guys can see what's going on there. I'll, I'll figure Ooh. out how to work that in. If may not be allowed to, maybe one of those. We'll find out. We'll, I'll run some like basket Casey deals. That's true. I'll talk with Casey first and find out. There's got to be something we can do or an appropriate time for us to do it. But we'll, we'll, we'll work out the details. Yeah. Well... Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week about chapter two, about part two of chapter 42. Looking forward to it. Yep. Well, Mick, it's been great. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. But not really. No, not really. We're still here. Awkward. Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I figured, oh, I gotta get some traction from this one. Oh, brother. You know what band I'm from? There's plenty of 40 and 50 year olds out there trolling around on the internet, so <laughs> they won't go anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> Edit all this out. <laughs>
And Mick is silent. <laughs> I just saw a picture of a shark jumping something. I don't know what it was. Does anybody say Uber anymore? Gozira! In that case, Gozira! Uh, I, I do have a quarter Japanese brother. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> You're welcome, John Stewart. John and Kate plus AIDS.